0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're about, one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that
2: it's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Feel the 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops
1: every single night. Welcome in to the Thursday edition of the Field of 68 After Dark, presented by Bet Rivers, of course. We are live on Sirius Channel 84, ESPNU, also, of course, streaming on YouTube. Make sure to check that out. Get in the chat. Ask us some questions if you're feeling up to it. Uh, I am Jim Root, your host for the night. Pleased to be joined by former Murray State and Iowa State head coach Steve Prohm. A little less pleased to be joined by Stadium Insider Jeff Goodman, but yeah. he's he's here as well. You know, I, I guess we got to deal with it. Uh, fellas, we had a, an intriguing slate before the night tonight, but I would say some of these games didn't end up as close as we expected. One of those is Gonzaga. They've taken it to San Francisco tonight. Uh, been up by 15 basically the entire second half. Don's starting to make a little bit of push late here, just forced a timeout with uh, three and a half minutes left. But Steve, we'll go to you first here. I mean, this, this Gonzaga team, they basically answered every single test that's come their way in league play. They've blown everybody out. How, How do we feel about this team going towards March right now? Is it bad that they haven't been tested or are you more impressed that they've dominated every single team like this?
3: Honestly, because of the way they play their non-conference schedule and the amount of teams they play in the non-conference that that are legit top ten, top fifteen teams, and they play them everywhere. They played them, you know, at home Texas. They play neutral. Um, they've been tested in every form or fashion, and so uh, I'm impressed to go through that league and and be as you know dominating, you know, to where now I don't are making a little push. It's eleven right now. But to, to be comfortable up 15 really most of this second half and uh, to do it consistently throughout the whole West Coast Conference League, I'm very,
1: very, very, very impressed with what Mark Pugh and his team has done. Yeah, Jeff, I, I, how about you? I mean, is this kind of like to the point where it, there's going to be obviously tons of comparisons made between last year's Gonzaga team, this year's Gonzaga team. To me, last year felt like it was, it was the offense. That was the story game after game. This team can win in a few more ways. Obviously, it's been offense tonight against San Francisco, but the defense locked down for kind of the final 30 minutes. The defense against St. Mary's was terrific. So do you think that adds an element to them come March because they have a little bit more uh, different ways to win?
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you got jet. You know, you got that length that, that you didn't have last year, and it, it kind of cost them against Baylor. You know, Timmy, the one thing with Drew Timmy is he's got trouble scoring against length as well. Um, so I think Chet and Timmy work so well together. Um, but I think the other thing was going into the year, I wasn't sure. And I remember going out for their game against Texas and even talking to a few in their staff a little bit. And their, their concern was like, are we a good enough sh- you know shooting team from three? And tonight I think they're shooting. I think they're 10 to 20, maybe something like that. Um, and they've made enough you know, throughout the year collectively. I mean, Chet is shooting the hell out of the ball this year. Like that, that is probably the biggest surprise is Chet started off slow shooting it from deep, but he's been absolutely, you know, sensational. And he doesn't fall in love with it. It's not like he's jacking eight threes a game. He picks his spots. He gets good looks. Obviously he can rise up over anybody, especially in the WCC. My biggest question, Jim, is this, is – did we overrate the WCC? Is it not as good to where Gonzaga is looking better now because BYU isn't what we thought they were? USF is a fringe tournament team, and St. Mary's I saw in person. They're good, but they're not like your typical St. Mary's team that, that Randy Bennett's had in the past with you know a bunch of pros, maybe not NBA guys, but pros.
1: Yeah. Seeing them up close. Uh, I saw them out here in Vegas too. It, they're so solid. They don't make any mistakes at St. Mary's team, but they don't feel like they have the gear to, to go at a team like Gonzaga. They're not going to bring it the same way somebody like Alabama or Duke did to Gonzaga early in the year. Uh, Steve, I want to ask you with, with this Gonzaga team and with the added element of Chet that they have as room protector, that they didn't have last year. How would you attack Gonzaga? I mean, Everybody's trying to come up with a game plan for him in that league, but entering the tournament, even with like a quick turnaround, what would you do against this Gonzaga team?
3: Yeah, I think the one thing that Jeff touched on is is right with just Chet around the basket and his length and his ability to chain shots and and not just block shots. Sometimes you know great big men they just chain shots and just your pure your pure presence yeah. can can mess with guys. I mean I've seen it for years, and so. I think the biggest thing you've got to do, um, and I think you saw Baylor do it at the end uh, of the year last year, is you've really got to spread them out. You've got to put them in rotation. You've got to get those bigs away from the basket, whether that's Timmy, whether that's Chet, and put them in position where they've got to be out on the perimeter and open up the floor to where you can put pressure on them. Because to and Gonzaga, in my opinion, you've got to be efficient on the offensive end of the floor in order to slow them down in transition. If you turn the ball over, if you're shooting quickly or shooting poor shots, they are a burst of speed in transition. They can run, they can run wings. And Jeff touched on the one thing the coaches were worried about. If you told me my team's going to shoot 38% from three as a team for the year, I'd probably be pretty, pretty excited, you know, from that standpoint. I mean, we were renting in Raven Baylor last year and they were plus 40. They were elite, elite. You know, when you go down the table and you're mid forties, I think they were, I'm not exactly sure if it was 43 or 45, but if your weakness is 38% from three as a team, then you're really, really good offensively. And so I think you've got to spread them out uh, whether that's in pick and roll or just five out, open the floor and get Chet and Timmy away from the basket as much as
1: possible. Yeah. I think that the point about being efficient offensively is huge because, we see the transition offense and how deadly it is, and we think, "All right, teams should just walk the ball up against them." But really, you've got to kind of play your game, and it's more about not taking bad shots, not turning the ball over to keep them out of transition. It's not you can't uh, totally avoid running with them, or you're going to miss out on a lot of easy baskets, especially with a with a backline rim protector like they have. Uh, so, yeah, Jeff, you kind of brought it up: uh, is is Gonzaga this good because? The rest of the WCC is a little weaker. I mean, you said you've seen some of these teams in person. Is it it gotten to the point where you're a little maybe not sure they've been tested the last couple of months? I
2: I don't think they've been tested that much, but I don't think it matters. Like everybody's going to talk about it. That's always the easy talking point, right? Well, they played against nobody for however long, and now they're going to go to the tournament and, you know, jumping up. I don't think that's going to be the case. I, I really don't. I think this team fits very well together. You know that—that's one of the things. I actually think last year when you had Suggs and Nemhard, I almost felt like the ball needed to be in Nemhard's hands more last year than it was. It was in Suggs's hand more, hands more, and it didn't matter. Listen, you were going against Baylor; they were the best team in the country. Yeah, I know. they were at a different level. There is not that team this year, right? There's not that dominant team. So I think Gonzaga, when you look at it, you've got that pure point guard in Emhart. You know he's running the team all the time, other than when he's out and Hickman's running it for a few minutes. But, you know, Bolton shot it well enough, and and Steve, you know him well. Like, not a great shooter, but But he's made him this year. Yeah, he's made And a lot of these dudes are getting uncontested shots because, again, when you have Timmy and Chet, what do you do? You Like, I love Julian Strother. I friggin', nobody talks about this kid.
1: And I, I'm telling you, I think he can be an NBA player down the road. I really do. Yeah, he's done his best Kispert impression, being the guy that just buries the open shots close to 50%. I mean, you, you mentioned Holmgren's shooting too. He's leading the entire conference in three-point percentage and block rate. Like, to have a guy that does both of those things, that's, that's absolutely ludicrous. Just adds a gear that, that they really didn't have last year. I thought early in the season, maybe a weakness for them was was defending off the dribble. I thought Alabama and Duke kind of took advantage of them a little bit in that regard. But I think Holmgren has, has sort of asserted himself even more so as a rim protector than he did at that point in the year. It feels like they've assimilated more into their roles. They've gotten used to playing together. And, and at this point, man, they, they certainly are the, the juggernaut that they're made out to be. What, what about San Francisco, Steve? I mean, a team that we were talking about pre-show doesn't have the, the really high-level wins, uh, the Q1A, if you will, for, for bubble purposes, but the teams they've beaten that they're relying on, like UAB, probably not a tournament team. BYU sliding out of the tournament. Santa Clara is some of their good wins. They're not a tournament team. Do you feel like the team is? The, the Dons are legitimate, or are they kind of a little bit more smoke and mirrors at this point? Well, I think
3: they're a very good basketball team. I mean, there's no question about that. I don't think that's the the debate. I think the debate is, are are they a 10, 11, 12 seed? Are they one of those last, you know, four to eight teams that get into the NCAA field? And I think when you go back and kind of look at everybody's bracket, they're sitting on the edge right now in that 10, 11, 12 range when you look at it. And these was the pop game for them tonight. I thought when I'm looking at it to where, Hey, you can solidify yourself tonight. You got Gonzaga at home, uh, a place over the years, Gonzaga's played some, some tough games over there. Um, you know, this was an opportunity for them. And I thought, you know, I'm, I hadn't seen the final score yet. I knew it was getting, they had got it down to 10, but if they ended up getting beat right here, do we have the score in front of us? This is, this is an opportunity missed for them in my opinion. Um, but, obviously, they've done a tremendous job out there, very impressed with the team. But games like Loyola on the neutral floor, uh, this one tonight, I think those are some opportunities missed that they that they didn't get.
1: Yeah, they're the only way they feel comfortable on Selection Sunday at this point now, they're probably going to be slotting into the 4-5 game against BYU in that tournament, and they're going to get another shot at Gonzaga. And if they don't get that one, they go down in the semis, then you know they're going to be sweating. There's just not a whole lot of meat on the bone there, Jeff. What about what about BYU? I mean, they they have certainly slid down the bubble yeah. a little bit. Uh, I mentioned they they probably will be playing San Francisco and maybe a, a loser is out type of game in the WCC tourney. Do you think they can find it at this point, or they just you know they've lost too much in the inside with some of their injuries?
2: Yeah, I, I think the injuries to their to their bigs. They're a different team since then. Right, I mean, it's almost like if you're looking at them as the committee, you've got to look at them this way. And, and since they lost them, they're clearly not a tournament team, you know. So I don't know how you justify putting them in, unless again, you know, they they beat San Fran in that game, and then probably give Gonzaga a hell of a game because I don't know how they beat them. I mean, I I've seen you know I've seen St. Mary's beat Gonzaga in the WCC tournament, but. It's rare, and I don't know if this team gets beaten by this BYU team or this San Francisco team. I just think they're so far a class ahead of of everybody else in this league right now, St. Mary's included. And, and again, I think Randy Bennett's such an elite coach. He maximizes his talent about as well as anybody in the country. Uh, But, yeah, to me, BYU, listen, this could end up being a two-bid league. At the end of the day, after all we were talking about a four four bid WCC,
3: it could very well be if things break the wrong way, a two bid league. Yeah, and yeah. I think the reason why that is is because Gonzaga is going to run the table in the league. Right, right. If Gonzaga it's... goes sixteen and two in the league, it opens up the door for that third or fourth team. If they go eighteen and zero, it makes it tougher. But when you talk about that league and you go Mark Few, Herb Syndek. Uh, Mark Pope, um, excuse me, Randy Bennett, you know, Golden, that top, you know, and and, and the list goes on at league. It's terrific, terrific league. But I thought they had somebody had to answer the bell, you know, in that three, four, five slot against Gonzaga to really, really lock themselves in.
1: Yeah, I mean, we there were always jokes about maybe the the ACC's one bid, but Duke's lost games, and that's helped teams get no in question. position to to make the yeah. tournament. Now play. ACC's
3: like, getting about seven. It looks like.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're they're <laughs> stealing them from everybody else. They're going from WCC to ACC, switching coasts on us. Man, we can't have that.
2: We can't listen.
1: <laughs> we cannot. If, if the ACC
2: gets more than five in, there should be a damn investigation into the
3: into the selection committee yeah somebody should be fired yeah I I just wish at some point though I know we've got all these NETs and RPIs and you know the BPIs uh, and quad one win quad two at some point that selection committee's got to sit down and And watch hey man is India let me watch Indiana play let me watch San Francisco play let me watch Belmont play if it's close I agree Yeah, Yeah. I I agree. If If it's close. If you're going to be dealing with
2: about 10 schools for four spots, and honestly, it's going to be kind of like trying to pour over the difference in resumes you can justify with the net here or quad one wins here or, you know, the the KPI here. You're right. At the end of the day, maybe it comes down to like, I saw this
3: team, and you know what? I think they can actually win a game in the tournament. But if the net, if the net, you know, how does the net really factor in? You wonder where, and the only reason I know this, it flipped it up on TV. Like, Murray's a 27 net. They beat Belmont tonight. Maybe they move up higher. Oh, yeah. Does that is that going to be equivalent to their seed? You know, so that that's my biggest but thing. shouldn't start- be if you look at Providence and Wisconsin. No. No, no, it shouldn't you be, know. and it hasn't been. It hasn't been right. over the you know, over the years, especially if you look at the last year. You know, some 72, 73 net teams got in and some 42, 43 yeah. net teams
1: got left out. Yeah, and we, we may talk a little more Murray State later on after their big blowout over Belmont. Right now we're gonna get to break when we come back. We're gonna talk Illinois, Ohio State. Buckeyes have been really impressive on the road. Brad Underwood just got ejected. Got to get some takeaways for what's going wrong with the Alina. We'll be right back here on Sirius XM channel 84. Perfect. Clear. Sweet. All right. Some questions that Greg sent me for the chat here, guys. All right. Uh, real quick. How far can Tennessee go, Jeff or Steve? Either one of you have a strong take on the balls.
3: Man, I, I, I like Tennessee. Cool. I liked them. I went there in August. I sat down with Coach Barnes to get a chance to visit with him and watch his teams kind of late August, early September. Was been impressed with them, you know, from day one. They've lost a a tough game at Texas. They lost a tough game in the guard with Texas Tech, a couple tough league games, you know, one at Kentucky, obviously. But man, they got good guard play. They're tough. They defend. Rick Barnes is, you know, one of the top coaches to ever coach college basketball. I think they're a second weekend team for sure. I'll add one thing quick to that. I
2: talked to Eric Musselman the other day and I asked him who was the best team in the sec. And he said, uh, Kentucky Auburn and Tennessee. He thought all oh, of a chance to go deep in the NCAA tournament. Oh,
1: interesting. Uh, all right. From Taylor in the chat is Malachi Branham, the big 10 freshman of the year. He's got 29 tonight at Illinois. Your other competitors, I guess Max Christie, maybe no, um, no. 30 Caleb Houston. No. Yeah, it's, Branham. seems like it's Branham's.
2: Branham. Yeah. Brandon Branham's gonna be a dude next year. A dude.
1: Yeah, He hasn't quite gotten the, the Blake Wesley from Notre Dame like draft hype. So it seems like he's gonna be 15. back. And man, he, he is. I, really I saw him in
2: the preseason, Jim, and he looked lost 10. in practice. Crazy. <laughs> he he's just shows you like it doesn't matter then.
1: Five. Yeah. Yep. All right. Here we go. Okay. All right, we're back here on After Dark, talking Illinois, Ohio State. I'm Jim Root, your host tonight, joined by Steve Prohm, former Iowa State coach and stadium insider Jeff Goodman. Guys, we got a 12-point game with three minutes left. Ohio State on the road, looking like they're going to get a huge win at Illinois, although Illinois just hit a three, cut it down to nine. What do we, what do we make of this Ohio State team, Jeff? Because I, the, the two home games they just played, they lost home to Iowa. Probably should have lost at home to Indiana. I know that was a heartbreaker for you and your daughter on on commitment day to see them go down like
2: that. that. It was it was bullshit, and I'm, you know, I'm still <laughs> I'm still basking in the win tonight that we'll get yeah. to later in Who's yep. uh, Your Land.
1: So, so what do we think of the Buckeyes? Are they just kind of going to be this erratic, streaky team because of their their defense is a little lacking, or is this kind of them turning over a new leaf, turning a page as we had to March?
2: No, I, I think it's still an Ohio State team that if they can get two wins and get to a Sweet 16, it's a hell of a year based on the fact that and, – and it's incredible to me. Steve Prome has been very fortunate. He's had incredible point guards in his <laughs> coaching career, dating back to Murray State and Iowa State, and and it is. It's it's super important. Well, Chris Holtman, honestly, look at his point guards at Butler and what he's done at Ohio State, and you're like, How the hell has he done it? You know, I'm the king of saying like point guard play, point guard people get sick of it, but I say it over and over and over, but I feel like it is so important. And Chris Holtman would prove me wrong because their point guard play is never great. Yet somehow this dude finds a way to keep Ohio State in the top 20 every single year.
1: Yeah, it's it's mega impressive. Steve, I, I, you don't know this about me, but Monty Morris is my single favorite college player ever. So <laughs> yeah. loved watching that guy play. There is no Monty Morris on Ohio State. So what, what is Chris Holtman doing to make it work without such a maestro in the backcourt?
3: I think the one thing and we played him in an NCAA tournament a couple of years ago, That's my right. fourth year, we played him and they, they upset us in the tournament and it was a tempo game. I mean, we wanted to play a certain speed. I think he does a great job of really trying to implement his style and his tempo on the team into where he's going to play a certain way, a certain style. He's going to get you in the half court. They're going to run their stuff. Um, And I think, you know, if you're going to have solid guard play, you better have elite three, fours, and fives. And he has that. You know, Malachi, EJ Liddell, Young, uh, Key. I mean, those four guys – they're legit. They can start anywhere in the country. Uh, and his guard play's been solid. He's got a freshman that's kind of growing up a little bit. He's got, a, obviously, the, the transfer from Penn State, Wheeler. Um, Holtman, obviously, has done a phenomenal job. And they're still right there in the mix for the Big Ten title. A game out with, you know, two or three left to go. Down
2: to four.
1: man. Down, and down to four. Down. This
2: is not over. And I'll tell you what. This place to play. Like, I, I was there earlier this year. I've been there a few times the last few years. Uh-oh. It's out of control. You could see these fans, they're about as hungry as any fan base. Now we're down to two. Illinois mm-hmm. has gotten this running. And that's where I talk about point guard play, Steve. This yeah. is where I talk about it. Right now, how yeah. can you handle this environment when you can't just put the ball in somebody's hands? And no, know- Malachi Branham is not that guy. He's a freshman two-guard. Like yep. he's not he, he he's not a point that you just say hey you know what give him the ball he's gonna be able to handle this atmosphere this environment this pressure
1: yeah and you're going against the team that has the point guard play like Carbella's the high ceiling guy and then Frazier I mean there's maybe no better floor leader that in has. the Big Ten right now yeah Frazier's uh, yeah. awesome yeah unbelievable yeah I, I think you know you can
3: you can you can talk Illinois you know, everybody goes right to Kofi and I've said this all season long, especially after going and spending some time up there, Williams and Frazier. I mean, Trent Frazier has a radiant personality. When I saw him in practice, he came over, he's got shoulder straps on him. And he's like, man, you just, you got to figure out a way to get through practice, man, with coach, you know, and, you know, and then I went back up there to watch them play one time, man. Hey coach, man, great to see you again. Just, Personality, infectious leadership—you know, obviously he's older, um, and he's become a gamer. I mean, him and him and Demonte—they are winners, and they compete the right way. And I think some of these other younger guys and newer guys in the program, Plumber's having a fantastic game tonight. Yeah. Uh, but it's more than just Kofi. Obviously, Kofi's that the alpha dog; he's the outlier. But those guys, man, they're the heart and soul. And I mean, Tom Izzo said it both times they've played them. Trent Frazier is the heart and soul. And, you know, the question I think the next debate's going to be, is Underwood's two technicals or Danny Hurley's two technicals? Which which one, which which celebration did, did we like better?
1: Yeah, I, I know uh has got kicked out of the game. Both things affected their
3: teams in a positive way.
1: That's what I was going to say. You NATO's know? got kicked out of a game And NATO's recently. got
3: kicked out, and, it, and, and, and they didn't. How many times you responding. get kicked out? Zero, right? Zero. There's been, no way yeah. you've been kicked out. I've never been kicked out. Didn't I got you do to inspire
1: be- your team, man. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. You guys, you're yeah. fine. How many tees? <laughs> yeah.
3: How many tees in your not, career? Not many, but the one I'll never forget in the Charleston Classic. Teddy Valentine got me in the champ. Yeah. We were playing Colorado in the championship game. This is a long time ago when I was at Murray, and he teed me up from across the floor, and I'm like, I still don't know what I did, you know? <laughs> so. Um, that's the
2: best part of yeah, Teddy. We'll, yeah. we'll have to get him on the pod. We'll have to get yeah. him on the pod at some point and find <laughs> yeah. out what you, what you yeah, did. Yeah, he
3: won't remember that game. I am sure that's too long, that's ten years ago. But, um, man, I, I, I didn't want Teddy
1: get I with a, a panel him. of of Steve, the Millers, just yeah. every coach lined up. Yeah. They got questions oh. for him, and he's gonna have to answer. Yeah. them. we'll just
2: bring <laughs> on every. We'll, we'll bring on random coaches, like just yeah. guys, <laughs> guys that Teddy teed up, and just yeah. you know,
3: we'll see how much Teddy remembers. But uh, you know, the one thing you do realize when you go back and watch tape most of the time. You know, eight out of nine, nine out of ten. They they did most of the time get the calls right. It's just the problem <laughs> is those big moments, those big yeah. moments, yeah. You hope everything is is right because it, it's a tough job.
1: Yeah, no, no question. Uh, so I think we had kind of geared this, you know, looking at ahead at this the segment talking about this game. This was 10 to 15 points most of the second half. Ohio State was kind of making a statement. We we're wondering what's wrong with the alumni. Jeff, is there anything still you think was wrong to be down like that most of the way? And now they're kind of you know riding the wave of the crowd and their experience to come back. But are you more I mean, concerned Kofi's that out. run Kofi away fi- from this game? Well, okay.
2: Kofi fouled out. I mean, he did nothing in the second half and, and picked up four fouls in the second half. So I think when you take him out of the equation, obviously they're a different team, you know, because ultimately, even if Kofi's not scoring, even if he's in the post, every time he gets the ball in the post, to me, you have to double if you're a team like Ohio State. Like you're not playing them straight up with Zed Key. I don't care how big and strong Zed Key is. You're not. Like there's only how many teams in the country that can play Kofi straight up? Five, maybe, right? Maybe. So to me, again, you have Kofi in the game. It just it gives Frazier, it get Plummer. Look at what Plummer was able to do and get untracked early. You know, he's been struggling lately from three. They've yeah. got everything. They just, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I just feel like part of it is not having Corbello and not knowing what his role is right now it is kind of a little bit different for them. And EJ Liddell, who kind of comes home, uh, he's from Illinois, hits a big shot there, and they're up, uh, Ohio State's up four now. Well, yeah, so back to it's- two.
1: I think, I think that's a good point about Curbelo. Like some other teams that have had the same rotation for the entire season, they're they're coming into the point where they're fully formed and, and they kind of know what they're going to be, what their identity is. It, Steve, did you ever run into anything like that where you had this late in the year stuff where you're trying to figure out? I, I Shayok maybe missed a couple games that one year with the broken yeah, foot. Yeah, Shayok.
3: Uh, Shayok, we lost Shayok late in the year, his senior year. He's, he was just with us one year, and so – uh, but not not to the point where it was really extended. We've had some guys earlier in the year kind of going transition from the non-conference to the conference. You know, in that December, January, we are trying to bring guys back. Uh, but it's tough. Anytime you're bringing guys back, and we talked about this earlier when they are trying to bring Corbello back, I think anytime you're trying to bring a, a good player back and, and get everything back, chemistry, I think it's always always a little difficult to do that. Uh, yeah, but this Illinois my, my team
2: – well, that's the thing with this Illinois team. Like, I have, I still have aspirations that this could be a Final Four team. And the more I watch them, the more I'm like, I don't know. I mean, they could be, but they could get they could get run out in the second round again, and it wouldn't surprise yeah. me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they like, let I don't, I don't have Tyson a feel Walker for with nuts on them. They, they have. Yeah. It seems like every game there's there's ebbs and flows. They're not doing what say Gonzaga did with the, the dominant performance wire to wire. And maybe a, a naysayer would say, well, Gonzaga only has to get up at this degree for one out of every four or five games, whereas Illinois is doing it game after game. Every, every game in the Big Ten is a battle. Perhaps that has been part of why you know, the, the consistency hasn't quite been there. But even going back to last year, they, they faced a really tough mid-major team in the second round, weren't able to figure it out. There, there's some, there were some weaknesses in ball screen coverage with Kofi in space that I think teams can still take advantage of that's same on the other side with Ohio State, Jeff. I want to ask you real quick because last year defense seemed like the flaw. They went out in the first round to a 15 seed. They rate out basically the same as last year defensively. So is that still a concern? Are they still an upset candidate because of that? 100%.
2: 100%. I mean, again, if you can – now today they've kind of let, obviously, uh, Branham get on track here, and Liddell's been good. I feel like if there's not a third guy – and i don't know who it is like michi could be that guy if he gets going but you know Kyle young was good early in this game he's he's tough i mean he's he's a great program role guy uh, lunch pail guy but you know you need kind of that third guy and they don't really have it and and that's where justice suing was going to be he was going to be huge cuz he was going to be a a fifth now again brandon might not have done what he's done if they have justice suing we don't know that so that that's the good thing for if they could have gotten suing back. And I think at this point in the season, I think it's too late. I, I don't see any way Justice Suing comes back at yeah. this point.
3: And what um, sometimes what happens with like what you said is, is it gives Brandon more opportunity to play, play through mistakes, right. play with a little bit less pressure on him. And now, because obviously we know how good of a player is, he can have nights like this, but I, I, I think they're three and four with Liddell and Branham and Brandon, man, are, are, are terrific. And uh, they give them a chance every night. Um, you would see, you know, you know, do people start picking up pressure, extending pressure against Ohio state and really put a little bit more force on their guards. But, you know, if Illinois wins this game, you got to give a lot of credit. A lot of coaches have been thrown out a couple, I shouldn't say a lot, but a couple have, and we touched on this. I mean, the assistant coaches stepped up and really responded, you know, the staff at Bama, uh, I think it's Charlie Henry, Kamani Young. Last night was it? Last night, Kamani Young. Last night, you know, with, with UConn and then two nights now, ago, two nights, uh, two nights, nights feels ago, feels like, you know, yeah, I, like I can't, can't remember
1: be. what night it was anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah,
3: and then <and laughs> I think that's you know, uh, you know, Jeff Alexander, I believe, but it's but it's more than them. You know what I mean? You all got to be in sync. They all, Chester Fraser, you see Tim Anderson right now. You all got to be in sync.
1: Is is there any uh real quick any like prep for that Steve that you guys like? The line of succession when, when you're, you know, at risk of if you're ever kicked out. Like, did you have discussions with your staff about what would happen if you weren't there, or was it was not yeah, a problem? Yeah, I think you, were you know.
3: I mean, I think there's an understanding on who who's going to step in and play. Um, you know, Coach Underwood's probably a little bit more fiery than I am. So <laughs> it was Hurley.
2: He, I mean, Hurley and Underwood are probably in the locker room right now throwing shit. You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah I got, so, like so, you know, like I what, said, what did you them. think of the Hurley? What, what what did what did you think, ProM of the uh, of the Hurley ejection? And I thought it was an ejection based on what had happened up to that point. Not it, and I thought I thought, you know, again, I'm not saying it was right, but I thought
3: in that point breeding was like, you're showing me up. That that's the, I, that's the only thing I could think of because uh, that's the one thing that really, really bothers me. Yep, That's yeah. the one thing that throws it over with him. And I didn't see it at live. Uh, I think I just saw Doster's tweets about it. Yep. And then and then went over to the game. Yeah, pump, pump I, I, the crowd, I watched yeah. the last 10, 12 minutes of that game. Obviously, high-level game. Uh, I thought Villanova was in control to win the game. R.J. Cole, big, big-time charge with yep. a second to go. Um, but when I saw the replay of it and Danny went to the crowd – Obviously, you're not going to get a technical for that. I think Breeding probably thought, "Hey, he's trying to yeah. show me up, right?" Exactly. Here. That's 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 yeah. my thought process. Me too. But you know, uh, Danny turned away though. You know, he turned away and was doing his own thing. So yep. obviously, tough call. But to credit that staff and those kids, they responded. That's a heck of a win for them.
1: Yep. Better Are better way enough. to to handle it. Um, yeah, right down. down to one point game here. I think yeah. we're actually we're going to hit the break real quick while this game fi- finishes up. When we come back, we'll talk about what the end result of Illinois-Ohio State was. We're going to get into the Goodman Family School, Indiana, the, whether they're back, whether Memphis is back. Both strong performances from bubble teams. Indiana's tonight.
2: back, Jim. What do you mean whether they're back? Indiana I'll is say back. That.
1: No, we don't want to know yet. I want to know on the other side of the break if they're back, Jeff. That's when you tell me. Uh, we'll, we'll hit the break real quick. Uh, we'll, we'll be right back with that here on Sirius channel 84. You're clear. Sweet. All right. A couple of questions from the chat. Well, I like this one for you, Steve. Can Murray make the final four?
3: I, I don't You know, I love Matt, you know, obviously he's my former assistant, a good friend of mine. Uh, I think they do watching them tonight. And I've seen them a couple times in person. been down to practice a couple times. I do think they definitely can get to the second weekend. I do think they have a chance to get to the second weekend. I'll say that. Um, I, You know, I would rather them be in that 7-10 game, you know, hopefully get a seven seed or a 10 seed rather than that eight, nine game. So you're not going against number one in the second round to get to the sweet 16. I just think, you know, it's kind of better matchups when you look at it that way. From that standpoint, I do think they have capabilities to get to the second round because I think they have three legit scores, they really defend, uh, and they're very, very efficient on both ends of the floor.
1: Yeah, I like the comparison to 2019 Wofford that was a seven seed, gave Kentucky everything they could handle in the second round. That's yeah. that's what Murray is capable of to me. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, i curious here for you. From Todd, more likely Gonzaga wins 30. the national title or they're eliminated before the Elite Eight. So losing the Sweet 16 or at win win the whole thing.
2: I mean, they're the favorite to win the whole thing, so I, I would say more likely to win the whole thing or get to the final four uh, than lose prior to that. I, I just think again, they're put together;
1: they're, their pieces fit together. So Ten seconds. Well. Yep. Yeah. And then the last question is: Can Providence make a Sweet Sixteen? Of course they can. I'm sure. they're going to be like a four seed. They're going to be, have a good draw for. There you go. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're back here on Field of 68's After Dark. I'm Jim Root, your host tonight, Jeff Goodman. Steve Prome with me here. Watching the ending of Ohio State-Illinois. Illinois Illinois is down three. Look like they're going to have a chance to potentially tie. I think my feed is behind your guys in the live feed. So if something (laughs) crazy is happening, please jump in and and stop me, or I'll sound like an idiot. All right, here we go. Frazier from half court.
2: And he misses. And Ohio State with a
1: huge, huge road
2: win. In Champagne, and uh, we know the Illinois fans won't be quite as vocal on Twitter as they usually are right now.
1: <laughs> Fraser just missed the half quarter for me, so I'm glad we have somebody with a, a better cable feed getting you, getting things. You in need to pay.
2: You need to pay your bill.
1: I got to find somebody to talk to about that. That's You're in sure.
2: Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> You're way out
1: in Vegas. Where are you? In in like like Henderson or something Southwest, uh, Summerlin, South Summerlin area. So right. they don't, they don't want the uh, the betters to know what's happening early they want to delay the information that makes sense they're, they're preventing the live betting. Uh, all right uh, Jeff we, we we, hinted at it earlier we, we teased it we got to talk Indiana the, the, the yep. Goodman family School now you, there's true allegiance you're wearing your Indiana hat somehow not wearing an Indiana dad shirt yet that's that's the disappointment. I, I, I got we'll, we'll get one. there. Yeah, yeah we'll get well, there. we'll get there.
2: listen I'm looking well, I'm already looking at the uh, tuition bill so I don't need to buy anything else right now. I'm already scared when I look at the tuition, you know, of of what I'm going to end up having to pay for the next four years. The the
1: IU dad shirts don't come with the tuition rebate. They should, that that should be priced into it. it. All right. But Hey, they had it. They had a real big win. They took care of business tonight at home, extended late against Maryland. Uh, Do we feel like this was the performance they needed? I got an awesome game from Xavier Johnson. I think the point guard questions have been lingering with them was that sustainable with with Xavier Johnson is that more of like hype home spot he plays well he, yeah. he's just erratic
2: yeah i mean that's the problem right that point guard play and guard play for them is a problem you kind of know what you're going to get out of like race thompson's awesome and he's just how about how about the how about his development He's awesome I mean. love him love him and 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 trace is good sometimes they don't get him the ball you know again because their their guard play isn't good enough but uh, X was really good tonight. Didn't miss a shot from the field. Um, passed the ball well. Took took care of the ball. Now again, not a huge win. I said it was a huge win on Twitter, and it's a huge win because it's not a loss. Like that, honestly, that's what it comes. Sometimes, Steve, right? That's the no case. Question. Like you're coming down the stretch, and it's yeah. not like it's a big win at home against Maryland. It's one you, you just you, can't you lose. have can't lose you it. Just can't lose it, right? Yeah, so like, like, that's one you got to have, and then kind of I don't know if the next one falls in the same category. Same category, but
3: they, I think on the next one, you just can't lose it at you Minnesota. Know.
1: Yeah, yeah, you they know, you lost five that in a row. Win. Yeah, right. you just at, at some point you just want to see the W go up in the column, no matter how ugly yeah. or pretty it is. It's nice to get one up there, uh, Steve. With with this Hoosier team, they're lurking right around the bubble. I think the the, the losing streak I just mentioned has brought them back down towards bubble territory. But if they get some wins down the stretch here, they're going to get a nice chance with uh, Rutgers at home. I don't know if they can get Purdue again. I don't know if they can sweep them twice in the season. But do you feel like this team has the ability to be a threat in the NCAA tournament? They're kind of a, a little like Ohio State, where their three, four, five is great, but maybe not as strong in the backcourt.
3: Yeah, I, I think they're kind of that first weekend team to where I think they'll be excited if they get a bid to the NCAA tournament. I think they'll be thrilled and excited. And then just continue, you know, Michael continued to set his foundation, um, you know, that he wants there. But I think they'll be thrilled to get in, you know, from that standpoint. Um, you know, they're one in five in their last six, three and six in their last nine. It's like Jeff said, man, they had to win this one, you know, and it, it's Maryland. So it doesn't move the needle. And the at Minnesota game will be a road win. If they can get that, that probably won't need to move the needle. They got two opportunities to move the needle. Rutgers at home, Purdue on the road. If they can split those, you know, I think they go to the Big Ten tournament, try to win one there, and then hopefully they probably think they're in then. Hey, Jim.
2: Jim, what's your advice for me here? I have such a difficult time now because, as you guys know, like I'm like honest to a fault. Like I can't, I can't not say what I believe. But like with Indiana, I'm in a tough spot here. Cause I've already pissed off the fan base. They don't like me because I said that, you know, number one, they weren't going to get Brad Stevens, which they weren't obviously. Number two was I didn't like the Mike Woodson hire because he's a former NBA guy. And as I pointed out in a column two weeks ago, like most of these guys and the latest is Lindsay Hunter. Did you see that today? He was put on administrative leave. Oh, so wow. there's the latest NBA guy that that's failing. Um, you know, I just, like, what do I do? Do I just yeah, I think, have to abandon my whole my my whole philosophy here and
1: just be nice to Indiana no matter what? You, you got to get a burner or you got to get Rob Dowster to give you his login info and you tweet all the bad stuff from Rob Dowster's account. Anything you got to say negative <laughs> about, about Indiana, you just go that way. Uh, no, idea. I mean, I, I think one, one of the best – things about being in, in the media and, and for people like you is, is the honesty. And this is the sincerity people know they're going to get that. So it's going to be tricky. It's probably gonna be a fine line. You're going to have to walk, but hopefully, and, and you know, I was, I was a college kid more recently than you guys. Hopefully the other college kids are, are normal enough to know that Talia doesn't share every opinion that her father does. So I'll, they, I'll they, give you a good
2: story. Say. I'll give you a good story. So she's uh, she commits, you know, th- chooses Indiana two days ago. And she's all into it now. So she's listening to Indiana podcasts. She's watching every sport, whatever. So she's, she's driving home while listening to an Indiana podcast. I don't remember the name of it right now. The other day. And they're talking about me and killing me. Killing me on it. <laughs> Basically saying like, if we have Jeff Goodman on here, I will, you know, I don't like him. I'll. You know, I, I can't be nice to him, blah, blah, blah. And then they mentioned Talia a little bit. And like in a vague way, in a vague way. So luckily, I I reached out to somebody who knew them and they were kidding. They were having some fun with it. and Hopefully, I'm going to be on that podcast at some point. But I felt so bad. Like she comes home. And again, I don't care what anybody says. And she's heard enough bad things about me, but not with regard to the school she's going to go to. So it was like, what do I do here? Like, I can't put her in that spot as a dad to where she's nervous about going to school there. And she wants to get into sports
1: media. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. I, that's, that's certainly not a place I have, I have advice for. Not having kids makes me a little bit uh, of a weak advice point there, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, Steve, I want to pivot quick because we've got another bubble team potentially getting a huge win here. Oregon on ESPN, up six, 45 seconds to go might sweep UCLA Ducks have been struggling lately, took a couple big losses to Arizona state and Cal. How important is this one for them, both from getting in that just the, the bubble uh, perspective and a a mindset going into USC on Saturday and going into the PAC 12 tournament, knowing that they still have this gear to them. How, How important is this? Man, this was
3: huge. I thought, you know, kind of like we were talking about, you know, opportunities present, you know, present themselves, and you got to take advantage of it. And I think Oregon did that today. One and three in their last four, I thought they had to get this one today. Uh, And they got this, and that sets up what it does, and now it makes the Southern Cal game on Saturday a huge game for them. And so if they can get that, then I think Oregon starts feeling really good they go on the uh the, the trip to finish the year. They go out to the Washington, Washington, Washington State to finish. And then, you know, Dana Altman, he loves the Pac-12 tournament, you know, and he's he'll go run the table that, you know, and, and don't take bet care against business. them. Yeah, don't bet against yeah. them in that Pac-12 tournament. Uh, I mean, he's he's phenomenal. But I think this was huge. They had a great opportunity tonight. They answered the bell and and that really pushes them forward towards the tournament.
1: Jeff, any concerns about UCLA getting swept by a team like Oregon, or, or are we kind of like, hey, this is this is who UCLA is? Juzang had injury issues tonight; don't want to discount them too much. Uh, are you taking yeah. anything away from this for the Bruins?
2: Yeah, he didn't play. Tiger came back. Like Kakko still isn't healthy. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like UCLA kind of is what maybe we thought. Like we we, we kind of overrated him again. We overrated him based on a four game run that okay. might not have been quite indicative of who they were last season. It, in fact, it wasn't completely indicative. They got hot at the right time. They could have lost. I mean, I was there for the game against Michigan state in the first four. That's a down on a half the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. They're a good team. I, I think we put them in that elite upper echelon and I'm not sure uh, they're justified with that. I think if they're completely whole, they can beat most teams. But I'm not sure they can beat those elite teams, even when they're whole, even when they're playing their best. I'm not sure they're 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 better than you know the Kentuckys, the Gonzagas. I mean, again, even like Arizona, like I know they beat them there, but I I feel
1: like Arizona is a better basketball team than than UCLA is. Yep, yeah. yeah, we we saw that rematch together in Tucson, and, and yeah. Arizona got up. Double digits in that one. Hawkes was kind of playing on barely ha- half a foot at that point. So
2: it was Tubelis, though. I mean, yep. they were
1: both banged up. Yep. But and I think that's, you know, part of last year, the run was a, a lot of things broke well. And this yes. year, if they're not going to be as healthy and they're maybe not going to shoot as well, <laughs> and opponents aren't going to shoot as poorly, then you know it's going to be a little bit more of a struggle for them. But uh definitely a big win for the ducks. Memphis also got a big win here. It. If they oh, finish it, it's true, not over, true. right? Up, up eight, up, 20 seconds. Yeah. Now so. up
2: five with 14 seconds, but okay, it looks it's, like it's over. That's it. Yeah. It looks okay. like it's over at this point. It'd be that hard to it. imagine.
1: Yep. So the big one for the Ducks, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll change our tune if, if a miracle happens here, but uh, yeah, Memphis is also picked up a big win today. Maybe we, we a should. A good day for quick.
2: bubble game, right? A good day for bubble teams for the most part.
1: Yeah. Indiana, Oregon, Memphis, yeah poor, yeah, poor Belmont, I think fell by the wayside tonight because yeah, Steve's yeah. racers took care of business in that yeah. one. And time. you
3: look at you look at Indiana though, if they can go two and one down the stretch, they go finish ten and ten in the Big Ten. I just think it would be hard pressed you're to right. not take them take them. Right. You go ten and ten in the Big Ten and you don't get in, I, I, I'd be surprised. Yeah. I think you're
2: right. I think they've got to win. Here's what they got to do: probably they got to win these next two. And who cares about Purdue? And you could even lose in the first round of, of the Big Ten tournament because you're going to play. In the, in the first round, you're probably going to play Michigan, Michigan State, or Iowa. So you're going to play a tournament team, most likely. Michigan, I know, is on the bubble. Um, but I think Michigan probably plays their way in now. We'll see. So if you lose one of those two, you know, the, these next two games, then, you know, to Minnesota Rutgers, then I think you have to win that game in in, in your first game of the Big Ten tournament. How about yeah. Oregon? A lot, of, a lot of crowd uh, – A lot of of crowd court-storming going on. A lot of it this time. They're they're
1: having fun. The kids are having fun. All right, let's take one more break here. Uh, When we come back, might talk a little bit of Memphis, but we're definitely going to look ahead to the weekend slate. We're going to make Jeff and Steve call their shot on a game or two coming up for the weekend. So uh, stay with us here on SiriusXM 84. We'll be right back. Sweet. All right, a couple other questions from the chat here. Uh, I didn't see this play, uh, but somebody asked. I don't know if either of you guys saw it closely. Was there a foul on Trent Fraser on the drive at the very end of that Illinois game? I,
2: I didn't see it. I mean, I saw the play. I didn't see a replay of it, but it looked like he drove and kicked and kind of kicked to nobody. But again, we were in the middle of the show, so it was hard to get a yeah. really good look at it. To be honest, but yeah. it, it uh, seemed kind of yeah, it seemed yeah, kind of a strange play design.
1: Steve, you coached against Fran McCaffrey for years. Uh, Is Iowa this year a sleeper in the tournament because of that offense and and everything they've got going with Keegan Murray? Well, they're playing really well.
3: And credit Fran, uh, obviously lost a lot of pieces from last year's team. Uh, But to their credit, he's had a lot of guys, uh, starting with the Murray brothers, that have really stepped up and had
1: great years. They can really score, and so that's going to give them an opportunity. Yep. All right, Jeff, (laughs) I want to see what you do with this one. From Tom. What's more likely Providence wins a national title or Georgetown wins a big East game. What have Georgetown
2: them? have left? I mean, Providence can't <laughs> win a national title. How's that? Okay. All so right. I'll say Georgetown wins a big East game, even though I, they just lost to DePaul. So the, the, the chances aren't good there either.
1: It's getting pretty slim. Yeah. I'm trying to find out what the the schedule for them still is. Uh, home UConn 15. at Seton Hall at Xavier at that feels like three losses. Unfortunately, yeah, but Providence, for the
2: Providence ain't winning the, the, the national title. So I'll still take Georgetown.
1: Okay. All right. Five seconds. All right. We'll get back to it here. Here we go. <laughs> All right. We're back here on the field of 68 after dark joined by Steve Prome, stadiums. Jeff Goodman. Jim Root, your host, talked a little about some bubble teams, guys. Uh, I want to quick mention, just because it, it'd, be, it'd be a shame not to, with, with Steve here having coached at Murray State, the Racers, they, they swept Belmont tonight, completed that sweep, blew them out, really, just just completely made that not a game at all. Racers look like a fairly safe bet to be in the NCAA tournament with what they did in the non-conference. We talked about it a little one of the breaks, Steve, but I, I want to I get more of an extended take here. What do you think the ceiling is for Murray State? And how cool is it for a a town like that that supports the school the way it does to have a team that's this good this year?
3: Well, it's phenomenal and uh, really happy for Matt, Uh, you know, former assistant of mine. Uh, Happy for the community, the town. Uh, Obviously, we got a lot of relationships and connections there and spent a lot of time there and and, and, in there now or in the area. Uh, But you could see if you watch the game tonight, I mean, they probably had 8,000 people in there a uh, terrific atmosphere. Uh, they've won 17 games in a row. Um, the one thing that, you know, the team's just starting to come on everybody's radar a little bit these last couple weeks, you know, finally they have gotten their, their AP ranking, top 25 coaches poll ranking. They've moved into top 20. Um, you know, they've had star power there in the past with Cannon and Cameron Payne and John Morant. This team does it a little bit differently. They just collectively are really, really good. They're fundamentally sound on both ends of floor. I think Matt's a phenomenal, phenomenal coach. They're efficient offensively. They're tough on defense. They had three guys score 30 points in wins this year. You know, Juice Hill, the point guard, Tevin Brown, the wing, K.J. Williams, the big kid uh, in the middle. They're older. You know, Juice Hill's, you know, a junior college transfer, been in the program two years. Tevin Brown, K.J., you know, they've won tournament games. They played with Jaws. great, great run that they had a couple years back. I think they legitimately, if they can get the right seating and the right matchups, I really believe this team can get through the first weekend and be the first Murray State team to get to the Sweet 16 and obviously really pulling for them.
1: Yep, they are fully capable. I'm impressed every time I watch them. They can win in multiple ways. Like, they can go get hot from the outside, but they can also you up. They really did that tonight against Belmont. I mean, they've beaten Chattanooga, you know, at home. They've
3: won at Memphis. They beat Belmont, and Belmont, I mean, you look at some of Belmont's wins. Belmont beat Chattanooga. Belmont beat St. Louis. You know, they beat Iona. They beat and Furman. They Belmont you, twice. Know, and they have yeah. beat Belmont 20 on the road and 30 at home, right. and it's because Matt's team is balanced. I think guys understand their roles at a high level, and Trey Hannibal, Collins, the transfer from Davidson, Burns, Those guys understand your energy guys, your toughness guys, you're the glue guys. And then KJ, Tevin, and Juice, you know, do obviously a lot of the scoring and and facilitating, but it's a phenomenal team that's really bought in. You don't win 17 games in a row and have a chance to be the sixth team in in the history of the league in an 80-year league to go undefeated and not be legit. Steve, Steve,
2: why why is Murray such a good
3: like? I mean, again, you look through the
2: coaches that have come there and everybody's won and moved on. And Matt's gonna be next. We know that. Like, yeah, Matt should get a high major job this year. And I yeah, think Yeah, no question. Will. What makes Murray like some of these mids are just built to win a
3: lot of them? And it's, you know, is is the fan support, is it the reason what is it at Murray State? Man, they, they came by one, one year, they came and said, what is the what's in the water in Murray, Kentucky? You know, and, and it's true. It's, you know, they're two hours from the, Nashville, from the airport. You know, you speed to get recruits to campus, you know, because <laughs> you don't want to you don't you know, you don't want them in the car that long. You throw them an iPad, you know, hey, watch the iPad and we'll be there in a, in a little bit. Um, I think it's obviously has been really good players come through there. I mean, really good players, obviously, you know, very good coaches and coaching staffs, but the community is entrenched in that program. Um, I mean, you can have good teams at the mid-major level, but do they show up with 8,000? Do they show up with 8,500, you know, um, and consistently do that when you have legit teams? You know, that doesn't happen. I just think the tradition is phenomenal. I think the fan support is terrific, and they're – And there is when you put that Murray State jersey on, I think it there has a, you know, a uniqueness about it that's different. Now, transitioning into the Valley will be different. Um, I think, you know, uh, the record, you know, their record against Valley opponents has been really good over the last decade. But playing a conference schedule week in, week out is different than playing teams in a non-conference. And so there'll be an adjustment period. um, But that program, the bottom of the
2: OVC. The this, bottom of the OVC yep. isn't nearly that, well. Like that's the what bottom of the valley. because
3: every game in the Valley, you can't circle yeah. one. Right. You know, sometimes you may be able to circle some in the Haw Valley. Yeah, yep. can circle here, circle there. You can't do that in the Missouri Valley. So that'll be the biggest change. But the elite teams that Murray's had over the last decade and and beyond yeah. can can without question compete and hold their own and compete for championships in that league. And uh, but Matt, the job he's done you know, this is, you know, really four of the last five years, they've won the conference championship and three of the last four years, you know, they're, they're going to be in the three of the last five. They're going to be
1: in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I, I, I've just been, like I said, impressed. Every time I turn them on and watch them, I'm like, this doesn't feel like an Ohio Valley team. They, they feel like a team that's going to play with whoever they get matched up with in March because, yeah. but got, all those like, good teams so.
3: that they've had there, they've been able to win out of conference. They've beaten high majors. Okay. They won good in the tournament. Too. You've you know, all had good had, guards. And they've had legit guards. Yes. I mean, how many programs in the country? Just think about this. And I don't want, we don't have to talk about them forever here, but you go NBA point guard to NBA point guard to NBA point guard. Right. And two of them are lottery picks. Yeah.
1: That's, that's hard. To do. You can't but say what that. what it does, about like any school, much less yeah, state. that's what I'm
3: saying, is <laughs> yeah. what school can say that? Yeah. And then what it does, though, it sets it up for guys like Tevin Brown that he's going to get opportunities now. Right. KJ not is going to get opportunities.
2: He's not transferring yeah. out of there where he yeah. could have after
3: last year. Yeah, KJ yep. KJ's going to get opportunities to play at the next level. Yep. Shaq Buchanan that, that's uh, played on Morant's team, he's had a 10-day now with Memphis. Yep. and But if you look at the league, you know, Belmont's had pros. Ian Clark, Dylan Windler. Simo's um, had some pros. Tennessee State, we beat Robert Covington in the championship game one year. Yep. Um, the league has been at the top. You know, like I said, the top half of that league, they've had pros uh, here in this last decade. It's been been—it's been very competitive at the top.
1: Yep. All right, we're, we're getting low on time, Jeff. I want to ask you about one more team that, that played well tonight, actually looked really good, Memphis. They've been a, definitely a hot-button yep. team throughout the year. Looked pretty good after the, the SMU loss. I was worried maybe they'd let down a little bit because yep. they had gotten the air taken out of their balloon. But do we think if they can get even to Dayton, is that the kind of team that can make a run out of there?
2: No, I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. I, I just I like I don't I don't have confidence that they could put anything together and keep it like I know in the AAC, I know Steve's laughing at me, but <laughs> no like, no no
3: no I got
1: just
2: but you beaten like Tulsa, ECU, like to like listen, I love Ron Hunter, but like come on, Temple tonight, you know, like who have you beaten? You beat Houston without their two best players. Like I just you haven't really beaten. A, a big time team all year again people will say Houston this is a different Houston team than the one that almost beat you know Alabama and and, and came out of the gates well I, I just i don't know i don't think the point guard plays good enough i know people are going to try, try to say well without amani they're better I, I don't i just don't have confidence yeah i
1: i think it's more with deandre williams they're better i know the imani bates is part of it but those guys haven't played together since like november it's been alternating in and out of the lineup so every time you say they're better without imani you're also saying they're better with williams he in it was the same story last year williams down the stretch was kind of what made the difference yeah well williams was good
3: tonight jalen duran was good tonight you know lander's knowledge has played better but you wanted to see him go to smu and play really well and, and possibly win that game I mean, that's what I think we all needed to see. Yeah. Smacked. You know, now they have another opportunity. They got to get Houston at home. And then they got to make a really deep run, I think, in the American Conference uh, Tournament. They can win it, though. Like, why? Uh, They should win
2: that conference tournament. They should. If they don't win it, honestly, I'm disappointed in.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, Houston, like, it can't be Houston's tournament when they're so shorthanded and they probably just want to focus on the NCAA tournament. This should be – in event it, where Memphis is back against their wall, and, and hey, it, it, does this
2: all align, by the way, with the departure of Rasheed Wallace? By the mm, way, oh, it might. I know. I don't want. I don't want Big She coming after me or anything. <laughs> but I'm just saying. it's it, it, it's a heck of a way to
1: close the show, Jeff. You're going to call out Rashid Wallace like that. I, I hope he's not tuned in right now. That that is trouble in paradise for After Dark. If not that's smart. the case, but all right. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Serious Channel 84. We're heading over to afters now. See you tomorrow night. <laughs> and you're clear. Awesome. All right. All right, does, Greg. Do you join now? What, what other questions do we have here? Oh, I guess I, we didn't get to it during the uh, during the actual show, but I, I want to make you guys call your shot on at least one game this weekend. Uh, there's a bunch of big ones on Saturday: Kansas, Baylor, Kentucky, Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee gonzaga saint mary's i would is there any one of those games where you feel super strongly that one team's going to get a big win there and maybe it's gonzaga over saint mary's but uh, does baylor get revenge on kansas what, what, what do you think jeff any of those games jump out i mean listen the only thing i'll
2: say is um i, I know arkansas fans are not huge fans of mine uh, but mama hog you know we we still got it like we haven't heard from her in a while like, I, I hope she's okay. I'm starting to worry a little bit right now. But I, I will say this. Kentucky, Arkansas, Sevilla Wheeler and Ty Ty haven't played the last couple of games. So that leads to believe, me to believe that even if they play, they're not going to be 100%. That environment, that atmosphere is probably going to be as good as anything that was not Chris Beard coming back to Lubbock. So I will take uh, J.D. Note and the Arkansas Razorbacks to beat the Kentucky Wildcats in that game.
1: And I feel pretty good about it. I like it especially if Wheeler and Washington are still out. That that is tough. Uh, Steve, what about you? We have got like I said Baylor Kansas, uh Tennessee, yeah, I, Auburn. What what do you yeah.
3: think? I like Arkansas to beat Kentucky too, but if I got to go another game, I I'll, I'll go I think Tennessee and I love Auburn. I'm a big I've been I'm a big fan of Auburn all year, but I like Tennessee at home to beat them. Um and if we had to – if I talk another game, I've seen it too many times, Kansas go down and win a big game. And uh, I think Kansas – Baylor's not into, healthy. Yeah, that's what Steve, I mean. Baylor's that's why I, not yeah, healthy. Yeah. That's why I said I think yeah. Kansas right now, I think they, they've got yeah. an opportunity to go in there and beat Baylor too. But if I'm picking one, i got Tennessee beating Auburn.
1: Yeah, so, so Tennessee I don't think has lost a single game at home this year. Auburn's definitely not wow. been the same on the road. Do we think any less of either of them in the tournament because they've clearly, you know, benefited from their home crowds, or is it just that they've still been at least good enough away from there that you feel comfortable with them? It's Tennessee
3: funny. defends it and it got toughness. So, yeah. so I, I, I'll take them a lot of places. But if you've never been over there to Tennessee, you talk about facilities and environment yeah. off the charts. It is big time. Yeah, I almost feel like it's too big. You know, the 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 uh,
2: the building there is so big um, that I don't know if it has – I, I kind of say that about Rupp, too. You know, I can't wait. I'm going down next week for K's final game. It'll be the first game that I've been there this year at home. But what makes it such a great atmosphere is it's small. And it's why, like, Texas and Baylor – now, again, they can't draw. Texas and Baylor can't draw like that. But sometimes it's better to have a
3: eight, ten,
2: twelve thousand
3: 10, 12,000 arena than –
2: 18, that's not
3: full. Yeah. I argue all the time. And it, just like Murray, right? You had 8,000 in there night but just make it 5,000 and make right. it the toughest ticket in town. Yes. Exactly. But could the basketball gods not set it up any better than Duke can win the outright ACC championship oh, for the first time in 10 years, right? 10, 11, 12 years. 12, 12
1: years. 12 years Who's against counting?
3: their arch rival, North Carolina. In coach K's last Uh, game in Cameron.
1: Are we, are we Uh, sure there's not script writers doing this? I mean,
3: (laughs) I mean, it's perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, you can't
3: get better than that.
2: Nope. 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 And tickets are going tickets. I looked yesterday a buddy of mine asked me, he's like, uh, you know, can you get me in? I'm like, I'll look at how much tickets are. I can't get you in. Um, because you know it's out there like eighty thousand dollars. I'm like, no, no. It's like thirty five hundred to get in the building, and there's not many bad seats at Cameron. Like it's it, again, it's not big enough for there to be bad seats. So, uh, thirty five hundred right now to get in the door.
3: What so all have you heard? What what will what will it all be like? I mean, I what no will idea.
2: The- I don't know. Well- I I'm debating and i'm i'm a little too old for this and i know i went into a tent at texas tech for a little while to do a podcast but i've debated about this for years whether whether to sleep in a tent and uh i don't know like i i feel like it's almost like creepy if i try to <laughs> try to do this
1: am i wrong no i Maybe that's a, that, that's a bring Talia for like a, a big time road trip. And then, then you're kind of among the people getting, getting the sense for the crowd. That'd be awesome. I've never been to Cameron and, and I can't imagine a better environment than that's going to be. And sleep in Krzyzewskiville, yeah. you right. ought to do that.
2: that.
3: Yeah. That's, that's
1: bring my own tent. Way. Should I just yeah. pitch
2: my own? T- you know, I could never, honestly, I could never pitch a tent. It would take me <laughs> like 10 hours to figure out how to pitch a tent.
1: So, some no. of these are like pop-up. They do it themselves now, Jeff. The, the, tense, the tense design. You themselves. don't have
2: to stick, you know, the, the big stick in them. Yeah, and the, like there's whatever. a little bit know.
1: of the labor. I, I think even right. you could figure it out. You, yeah, you right.
2: give me a lot of credit there, Jim. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that'd be no. That'd be a great boots on the ground, though. I mean, uh, right. the, the stuff out of Lubbock was great when you were talking to all the fans there. And I don't think it'd be creepy. I think it'd be kind of like, a, oh, look at this. He's, he's a man Maybe of I'll people. tweet
2: it out. Maybe I'll tweet something out and get some people to reach out like that are intense already, you know, like in, in, I'm going out a week from today. Yeah. A week from today. Um, so maybe I'll just, you know, tweet something out then and, and, and see what the, uh, what the options are for me and I'll bring, listen, I'll bring all the beer. I mean, I'll bring the booze. As long as they're 21,
1: I'll, I'll stock them up. Yeah. All right, I I, I got a couple questions from the chat that that are too good not to get to. Uh, Jeff, we were down in Tucson. You you got the headband from Kirk Creasa. Yeah. yeah, Arizona's up 20 at half right now. Creasa is 7 for 8 from deep. Is this kind of like the Xavier Johnson thing where he's going to have games like this, but we don't trust him to be consistent? Or are you maybe on board? What what did you
2: say he was from deep?
1: 7 for 8 from deep in the first half. Man, I wish the game was
2: earlier. We get Kerr on tonight. This is disappointing. <laughs> I mean, uh,
1: I'm sure he'd have some things to say. He, he Kerr will does. probably
2: come on at any time. That's <laughs> the great part about Kerr. He, he, he'll,
3: he'll probably come on. I tell you I'll what, Arizona is good, man. Oh man, they, I, they're they're
2: incredible. They're kind of they're kind of now making me believers because I've kind of said all year I don't think they're a team that can win this whole thing, and I'm I'm slowly starting to change my mind because. If again, I've said it like Kerr is the key for me, he's the key because you know what you're getting out of Tubelis. Now, Matherin can be a little up and down sometimes too. We saw it, Jim. Like he he can pull a disappearing act at times, but they've got enough other dudes. Dalen, you know, Dalen Terry was awesome and he's been really, really good. And you can run your stuff through him a little bit. So it's not, you're not completely dependent on Kerr, but I, I still feel like Kerr is the key. And if he plays like he is tonight, man, watch out.
1: Yeah, that that that's what raises the ceiling, if they get the point guard play. Right. Uh, Steve, there's another game asked about in the chat. I want to see if you have an opinion on uh, Purdue at Michigan State this weekend. Purdue still uh, in, in the front or, or the, the lead seat for a potential one seed in the Big Ten Conference tournament. Michigan State definitely reeling right now. Is this kind of a game where suddenly – Spartans turned around and we're like, Oh, okay. There's the, the Tom Izzo magic coming back around. Or do you feel like it's more, they're, they're a little broken and Purdue's just too good. Well,
3: Purdue's not probably the team you want to try to get right against, you <laughs> yeah. know, I would say that, but um, it's a huge game for Purdue, obviously for regular season conference championship, com- conference championships implications, and then Michigan state needs it to get going. And so uh, tough place to play, um, but I probably think Purdue goes in there and, and wins that game.
1: Yeah, that, that's kind of the way I look at it. It's, I, just, I just don't want to try to figure out the game Michigan State suddenly plays well, uh, but who knows? We'll, we'll see. Jeff, a couple questions about the coaching carousel. People, people want yep. some scoops from you. Uh, is Enfield to Maryland a lock? No. Al- okay. Alternately, yeah. which SEC jobs are opening? You, you feel free to talk on either one yep. of those.
2: Yeah. So Enfield. I still don't know if Enfield – here's what I think will happen with Enfield. I think if USC really steps to the plate and pays him, he'll stay. Like, why would you want to leave the beach in California? Like, and you got no pressure there. You've done a hell of a job there. So I don't think he goes to Maryland unless USC does not step up and Maryland gives him significantly more money. Um, That's one. SEC is going to be the most active of the, the, the
1: power leagues. What about, what about it's, my school? What about my school, Jeff? Is, is Mizzou opening?
2: I, I think it is. I think Mizzou is mm-hmm. going to open, you know, Georgia, South Carolina, Missouri, um, Mississippi state and Old Miss could all open. And, and like Florida, who knows? I mean, listen, I don't, I don't think something happens there, but you know, you hear some rumblings, Mike White, uh, played at Ole Miss, so if that opens, would he have some interest in going? I hate to play the speculation game here, but um, we do it, and I know Steve's going to like kill me here for it because uh, it sucks. <laughs> but I, I, you know, and Steve, you stay out of this completely. Obviously, yeah, I'm, I'm,
3: I'm, I'm just listening. <laughs>
2: I know, I know you are. I know you are. And, yeah, and it's get gets
1: distracted by something. It,
2: <laughs> it's tough, but I, yeah, I think Crean. Now, now, South Carolina's come on strong lately. So if they win their last three, could Frank Martin, you know, save his job with Ray Tanner? Maybe. Um, ben Howland, you know, I, again, I had higher expectations for that team. They did well. I thought they did well in the portal. And, uh, and they've, they've really underachieved uh, for my liking. Um, you know, Conzo, unbelievable man. Like, I wish him better than they've, they've fared. But I think at Missouri, you know, you went there. You've, you have higher expectations than this. You you can't continue to be at Missouri, um, you know, winning four games in the league.
1: Yeah, the, the peak with the most experienced team he had was nine seed first round exit. That's kind of like, if that's what everything crests to, that, that's when I think people got a little bit disheartened. Yep. Um, and Ken, right.
2: and Kermit, Kermit's got a one tournament in four years now, and they're really struggling this year. So I, I don't, you know, again – SEC is kind of the league. They had no changes last year. So kind of it, it you know, you, you kind of look at it that way. All these other, there were a ton of ton of movement last year. Now, if you look at the, the carousel, the one thing I'll say is a lot of the elite level jobs turned over last year. Like Carolina turned over, Duke turned over, Arizona turned over, UCLA's turned over lately. You know, there's some thought that, again, Kenny Payne's the front runner at Louisville right now. Um, Mick Cronin's name's been mentioned a little bit. I don't think he leaves for for Louisville. Again, why would you leave the beach? And as long, to me, and, and Steve, you can speak to this. This is the part I'll I'll, I'll I'll make you speak on, is how important administration is for guys in terms of staying, that even if there might be a job that's a little bit better or look a little bit better to us, if you get along great with your administration and they step up, why would you leave? No
3: question. Yeah, I agree, a hundred percent. And I think, I think, especially the way you think, see things going now, I think that's probably more, more true and important than ever now. And so, if you have that relationship with your administration and the support, man, it's 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 going to be extremely hard to leave.
1: Yeah. Uh, what one other question in the chat about a team and Jeff? I, I think like maybe the first time I was on after dark, we, we were doing like a uh, kind of a sleeper dark horse team. We were liking, you said Xavier and I said, Marquette, both True. teams kind of went up from there and then yeah. maybe sinking back a little bit. Uh, Steve, how do you feel about Marquette right now? I mean, they, maybe they've fallen off the radar a little bit. They just haven't had the, you know, they, they haven't beaten Villanova recently. They were doing that uh, like it was their job earlier. Uh, but what, 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 do you think of the golden Eagles now, man?
3: I like Marquette. I think Shaka's kind of really kind of found himself again you know, going up there to Milwaukee and, uh, and being at a, you know, a basketball school. I mean, just say what it is. It's a basketball school and a phenomenal league. And, you know, he looks at peace, you know, coaching his team and playing, playing extremely hard, playing unselfish. They play in a phenomenal league. And so you're going to have ebbs and flows where you're going to win a couple, you know, lose a couple you know, you look at every game that they've lost though, extremely competitive. Creighton's game came down to that, you know, Alex O'Connell hits a three in in Milwaukee. They're up, up four with about two or three to go in Omaha the other day. Um, you know, Connecticut, they played in two really close games. They lost to Providence in a tough one over there. But uh, I, I think they're a team can get to the sweet 16. I think for sure. I mean, They've got great size, body, good guard play, and they got great toughness. And so I've been really impressed with them.
1: Yep. I think we were just talking about like the coach fits and, and stay if you're comfortable and find that fit and lock it in. It seems like that's gonna be a great one. Yeah, for he
3: looks I mean, you could see I was on a Zoom, they do a coaching clinic. I jumped on there and I mean I could just you could see it, man. I just was like, man, this is this is great for him. And he, he feels at home and at peace, and he'll do extremely well there.
1: Yep. Uh, I think that hits all the questions uh, that, that we've gotten so far. Um, do we want to go straight to three cheers, Jeff? Are you ready for that?
2: Yeah, I've had a long day, so I'm. I'm, I'm, <laughs> wow, I'm what about happened? Ready. What'd you do today? I'm about <laughs> ready, man. I, yeah, <laughs> last night I was I was on the shitter pretty much the whole night preparing for the colonoscopy, the first one. So uh, the actual procedure, Steve, have you had one? Several. Of several, you've had yeah. several.
3: Well, I mean, not, I should say several. I've had a couple, you know, I've had. You have. Yeah. I've yeah. Had like it was like, I was a little
2: nervous and, and, uh, you know, not everybody said the procedure is not that bad, which it but really the, isn't. You go the, in, you're, yeah. you're knocked out. You and wake the up. Is, and, the prep is the killer, <laughs> man. I mean, it's like, you start, I took like four laxatives at like four. You can't eat anything, yeah. anything, uh, solid the whole day, Jim. Yeah. So, and then at four o'clock popping four laxatives that took me maybe an hour to kick in. And I was sprinting. (laughs) sprinting Did you have to drink? drink. Did you have to drink the whole picture? And, but the drink was a Gatorade mirror mirror max mirror lax combo. So it wasn't as bad as I guess my wife did it.
3: Yeah. Years years ago, last time I did it, it was been a long time, but man, the drink is just, is torture. I heard this wasn't that bad. It didn't taste that bad.
2: The problem was, so the first one was at seven o'clock at night. And then the second one, you have to do five hours before you arrive. So that was, for me, three o'clock in the morning. Oh. So I had to set the alarm, get up at three, do it every 15 minutes. You have to take eight ounces of this. So I'm up from three to four. And then you're waiting for it to kick in again. So you're not trying to go to sleep. You're hoping it kicks in and you you, you got to make your toilet runs so that you come back and go to sleep. It, it's just yeah, it, it, it screwed me up pretty good. So, and then my hey, dumbass had yeah. chicken parm for dinner. And my st- <laughs> the whole you show, go for that at, or you I can't cook believe it? you haven't heard my stomach grumbling the whole no, show.
1: No, I haven't. Like, and it's not grumbling to eat more. It's <laughs> the microphone's me. done the, the, the right job filtering the right, correct good. noises.
3: Yeah, bland yeah. food is usually the best thing. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm day. stupid. I,
2: you know what? I got the, fir- the, the thing literally, I got out of the, the hospital. And the first thing I did, you know, you can't drive. They tell you you can't drive that the whole day. So my wife picked me up. I said, "All right, let's go Dunkin' Donuts. I need some iced coffee right
1: away." Uh, this is so. what people come to after dark for. This is yeah. what they want. The after dark yeah. after. So this is this is it. All uh, right, you, you get
2: listen. Yeah. You get advice on on colonoscopies. I yeah, mean, like that's this is big for anybody listening. Again, don't worry about the procedure. And my advice to you. I don't even know what I, what I give you advice for the prep. I mean, you're kind of screwed on the prep. There's not much you can do. <laughs>
1: Got to grit your teeth and bear it. Yeah, pretty uh, much. All right. Let's, let's raise a drink. That's better than Gatorade Miralax and have something a little more tasty here. Uh, Steve, we'll, we'll go to you first uh, for, for your three cheers. <laughs> Who are you raising a glass to tonight?
3: Uh, Gonzaga, uh, the Jack of South Dakota state yeah. and the Murray state racers. The last three teams undefeated in their conference, all one game away from running the table on Saturday. Very impressive feat by all three teams and wishing them good luck on Saturday.
1: Here's to them <laughs> racers, jackrabbits, yeah. and, and bulldogs.
3: You're not going
2: to drink the Miralax, huh? I got another. I got a Fanta. I'm like a, a little, little Fanta. Fana. It's like a, a mini Fanta.
1: Even when he's not here, he's here. <laughs> a mini Fanta. Yeah. That, that's just like.
2: <laughs> That, that, that doesn't make sense. A mini Fanta. Yeah. Um, all right, Jeff, what do you got? I was going to go South Dakota State, but Steve stole every team that played. So tonight, was I. So.
1: I was going to go Jackrabbits, too. Know. They were going to get three, like all three cheers.
2: Uh, I will instead go uh, Malachi Branham um, from yeah. Ohio State. He was yeah. phenomenal. To get a road win in that atmosphere yeah. is elite level. So I will go uh, Malachi, Chris Holtman, EJ Liddell playing hurt with the flu and having a, a pretty good game back home, that's a hell of a win for Ohio State.
3: Yep. <laughs> and keeps them in contention. It
1: does. Yep. All right, for, got, my, for my cheers, I will go to the Ducks. We, we talked about them. We talked about Oregon, but maybe this is the start of the charge. Steve, you said it. Don't, don't bet against that team in, in Vegas because yeah. they, they love the Pac-12 tournament. No. Uh, so, impressive performance. I know UCLA was banged up, but you still got to get the win. You still got to take care of business, and the Ducks did that. So, to Oregon, cheers! And to I'd them.
3: be surprised if they don't beat Southern Cal Saturday. Can You, know?
1: you quack like a
2: duck, Jim. Before we go off, quack, at least? quack, Very nice, quack. very nice. Like happy it. to do it. I like it, happy. To I like do it.
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, that wraps it up for After Dark here on this Thursday night edition. I'll be back tomorrow night hosting Friday, so a double dose.
2: You got uh, a, you t- got a few
1: younger dudes than me and me and Probe. <laughs> Yeah, we, I don't know if colonoscopies will come up tomorrow night. I think colonoscopies do- will not come up.
2: <laughs> yeah, I saw Prohm y- yawning at one point. I'm 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 ready to make a run for the sick. toilet. Yeah, I've been oh, sick. Yeah.
1: that's going to be Ace Robinson's pregame. That, that's what After Dark is going to be tomorrow. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> but all right. Cheers, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Greg behind the scenes producing. We'll see you next time.